So I can testify to the fact that when you get up on the stage here, it just all goes blank. All right. Yeah, it splashed all over the stage, man. So. <laughs> well, thank you, Rob, for standing up here. Thank you for being bold and sharing that. And uh, it's a testimony and a challenge and an encouragement for every single one of us. Amen. 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 All right, well, let's go ahead and let's dive into chapter 7 today. So uh, I'm going to try to get through 23 verses today. Uh, I've discovered it's kind of taken me a little bit of time to get through this book. And so uh, I thought maybe I'd do a little bit larger chunk today, so it shouldn't take more than a couple hours to get this done. Yeah, I I told my joke today. Yeah, so... Uh, so if you have a Bible, or if you have an uh, iPad, phone, whatever your Bible is on, uh, go to chapter 7 of Mark, and we're going to be looking at the first 23 verses. And so it's been a little bit of time here in the Gospel of Mark since we've had a run-in uh, with the scribes and the Pharisees. And so uh, today we're back in the midst of that. Uh, they are continuously... Uh, <laughs> testing the Lord uh, as he uh, ministers among the people. And so here in chapter 7, we begin this chapter, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're back, okay? And it almost feels like what they do is they follow him around as often as they can, uh, uh, and they're just kind of looking for ways to trip him up, trip him up and kind of discredit him and uh, kind of take a, take a punch at his ministry, and so, you know, as I was thinking about that, uh, I, I realized today, or this week as I was preparing for that, that uh, there are always those out there, just want you to know that, uh, who are seeking to hinder the work of the Lord, all right? I just want you to know that. They're around, okay? Uh, Jesus dealt with them. The disciples dealt with them. Paul dealt with them. And we, too, shall deal with them uh, from time to time if we are committed to serving and honoring and following our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Pharisees, uh, they were known for their adherence to the law uh, and really known for their legalistic uh, traditions. But the truth is, if, if it were me defining them, okay, and I'm not sure if this is deep and theological or not, but uh, I'm just going to tell you what I think. I just think they were a bunch of hypocrites, all right? All right? That's what they were, okay? They said one thing, but did another. They acted one way in front of people, but in their private lives, in their personal lives, it was totally different. So as they, as the criticism uh, perceived to attack the Lord from them, uh, what they did was they would attack Jesus, but they would completely ignore the fact that they, that they lacked any kind of obedience to those aspects of faith uh, that genuinely pleases our Heavenly Father, okay? Uh, outwardly, they look great, all right? 
Outwardly, you know, they stand on the corners and pray. You know, they, they wore their prayer shawls. They had their little boxes with scripture uh, on, on their foreheads. And, and they looked good on the outside. But they were tarnished and they were corrupt on the inside. And i got to tell you something. These truths that we're going to be talking about here today, they haven't changed. Just like the Pharisees of old... Our lives are measured not by our appearance, not by our good deeds, okay? But our lives are measured by what's inside of us, what's in our heart, instead of the life we portray to others, okay? It is possible to have a form of righteousness, but actually have a corrupt and defiled heart. And so, as we look at this text today, what I want us to consider is I want us to consider what it looks like to have clean hands, but a tarnished, dark, destructive heart. All right? So let's bow our heads and let's pray as we begin this message. God, this morning my prayer more than anything is, is that as we dive into your word, Lord, that you would reveal to us individually what it is that you have to say to us. Lord, I pray more than anything that the words that come out of my mouth today are not my words, but they're your words. And Lord, anything that attempts to come out of my mouth that's about me, Lord, I pray that you stop it. Stutter my tongue. Do whatever needs to be done to keep this from being about what I want to say and let it all be about what you have to say. I pray this in your most precious name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. So I'm going to warn you up front. Uh, I don't know if my sinuses are like on overload right now or whatever, but both of my ears are plugged and so I feel like I'm talking in a tunnel right now and somewhere in the middle of the service they might come unplugged and if they do and I get louder it's because I can actually hear all right and I'll have to adjust for that okay and I might also say oh cool it's done all right that's what I do all right Okay, so let's just start by breaking down this passage of Scripture today. So I want to begin by looking at verses 1 through 5. These are our opening verses, and what they do is they reveal the controversy brought about by some unjust accusations uh, by the Pharisees. And so let's look at verses 1 through 5. So it says, The Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him. They observed that some of his disciples were eating bread with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. Stop going where you're going right now. Just keep focusing on this. All right? For the Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, keeping the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they have washed. 
And there are many other customs that they have received and keep, like the washing of cups, pitchers, kettles, and dining couches. So the Pharisees and the scribes ask him, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating with ceremonially unclean hands? Okay? So, I'm not going to get into the uh, cleaning stuff here yet, all right? But as we've learned here, as we're studying through the Gospel of Mark, the Pharisees kept a close watch on Jesus uh, and his disciples. And what they were doing is they were seeking by any means to make accusation against him, okay? They were looking to trip him up. And so at this particular moment, they had witnessed the disciples eating bread without washing their hands, okay? So I want to point out here, before we get into the too deep, the enemy, listen, the enemy will see to it that our motives and actions will be called into question every time by those outside the faith. Realize that first and foremost. Anytime you are doing things, your actions and motives, those outside the faith, they're going to call you into question, okay? He knows he is defeated, and he knows, the enemy knows, that our Lord is eternally victorious. And while he cannot defeat Christ, he can work to bring accusation to those who desire to serve the Lord and proclaim the gospel. Can I get an amen out of that? All right. So what Mark revealed is that the Pharisees, they held to strict traditions passed down through generation. And let's talk about traditions for a second. They were forbidden to eat unless they washed their hands. There were many traditions regarding the washing of cups and pots and brass vessels and the tables upon which the food was served. And while, let me just get something straight here, okay? There is absolutely nothing wrong with cleanliness, okay? These traditions that are being dealt with here were kept while ignoring the greater aspect of the faith. That's the issue here. They exercised great care for outward cleanliness. In other words, they were, they were all about making sure you did the ceremonial washing and the cleanliness, and they neglected the needs of the heart. They neglected what was going on in the inside, okay? And so what I want to remind us of here today is that traditions are great in their proper perspective, all right? I had a professor one time that told me that the struggle that we so often have in the church today is not traditions, it's we become traditional, okay? In other words, what Professor Gil Stafford said to me is he said, Steve, there is absolutely nothing wrong with traditions. We need to have the tra traditions. Traditions define who we are. They hold us together. They are things that keep our memories straight. They are things that give us foundation and handles to hold on to. But he said when those things become more important 
The proclaiming Jesus Christ, when our traditions become more important than being followers of Jesus Christ and proclaiming Christ to those who are lost, they move into the realm of being traditional. And to being traditional has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Jesus has everything to do with the kingdom of God. There is nothing wrong with washing one's hands or properly cleaning cups and pots, but these and other traditions must not be held in higher regard than the fundamentals of faith. That's what Jesus is proclaiming here. Tradition cannot replace or or exceed biblical mandates. The modern church is often willing to ignore biblical mandates if it goes against long-held traditions. The tradition cannot be the center. The Word of God, Jesus Christ, has to be the center. And that's what Jesus is saying to these Pharisees here at this point, okay? So... He confronts them. Having stood on the sideline as long as they could, the Pharisees, they confront Jesus about the disciples disregarding the long-held traditions. They were appalled that these men would dare to eat without first washing their hands. And so the enemy and those who promote his agenda, they are never afraid of confrontation. And so within the church, are even, within, within, within the church there are even quick confrontations that take place and what happens oftentimes is it fails to honor what is at the center which is Jesus Christ and see if you are committed if I am committing to serving the Lord we're going to have to deal with confrontation in life amen there will always be someone who will eventually take issue with something that you are doing Can I warn you of that up front? It's going to happen. Say amen. Amen. Respond to me. If you walk with the Lord long enough, something that you do is going to be offensive to someone. All right? When I wore suits and ties, it was offensive to some people. Go figure. Jesus wore suits and ties, didn't he? When I stopped wearing suits and ties, guess what? It was offensive to some people. When I preached with the King James Bible, guess what? It was offensive to some people. When I stopped preaching with the King James Bible, guess what? It was offensive to some people. No matter what you do, no matter what you do, when you are serving the Lord... Something is going to be offensive to someone. What you have to be be careful and I have to be careful of is making sure that all that we do places Jesus at the center. If he's at the center, I'll offend all day long and be okay with it. So, let's move on. So this is what's happened up until this point, okay? All right? So let's go to verse 6 through 13. So as he had done in the past, Jesus immediately responds to the accusations of the Pharisees. However, rather than chastising the disciples for failing to honor tradition, 
He questions the motives of the Pharisees, and he rebukes their agenda. And so listen to what he says, okay? Verse 6, he answers them. I love it when Jesus immediately uses an Old Testament passage to answer them. Because it's like, basically, metaphorically speaking, he goes like this. He goes, I got to do that again. He goes, I missed it. There. Okay. I'm getting old. I'm not as athletic as I used to be. So anyway, he answers them. Isaiah, and they all went, okay. And they all, I have a feeling in my, I'm having ADD stuff today. I have a feeling in my brain, every time he says like Isaiah or something like that, I oh man, he's pulling out scripture. This isn't going to go well. Okay, so Isaiah prophesied correctly about you hypocrites. Hey, let's not cut to the chase real quick. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Go on. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines human commands, abandoning the command of God, you hold on to human tradition, all right? He also said to them, you have a fine way of invalidating God's command in order to set up your tradition. For Moses said, oh man, he quoted Isaiah, now he's quoting Moses. Honor your father and your mother. Mom and dads, right now, you're going to be very glad that I read this passage of Scripture. But try not, if any of your children are here right now, try not to give them too much of a straight glance at the moment, okay? <laughs> Honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother... Whatever benefits you might have received from me is Corbin. Corbin means that, it means an offering or that which is devoted to God, okay? Go on. You no longer let him do another for his mother or father, all right? You nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and you do many other things similar things, all right? So let me, just, let me just break that down for us. I don't think the Pharisees were necessarily shocked by Jesus' response, but what he's doing here is he's challenging them publicly regarding their continuous hypocrisy, okay? So what Jesus does here is he quotes from Isaiah... Uh, that he, he, he quoted a prophecy from Isaiah that was being fulfilled at the very moment, okay? These guys, these guys that he was talking to, they were pursuing, they, they pursued honoring God with their lips and with their actions, but their hearts were not right with God, all right? They held to traditions that were passed down and demanded, but they ignored the commandments of God. Their righteousness was all an outward show. It was a front 
that lacked real substance. And can I tell you something, folks? In a lot of ways, some of the struggles that the church is having today in our culture right now is the fact that we are proclaiming righteousness outwardly, but there's no real substance. We tell people that we're all about love, okay? We tell people that we're all about loving as Christ has loved us, but we don't love. We don't actually extend that love. We don't actually proclaim through our hearts and our actions the love that we say we have. You see, in essence, what Jesus is doing here is he is rebuking the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Now, unfortunately, these practices, as I've just pointed out, keep happening in our world and in our culture today. You see, our world is filled with those who hold to religious traditions. Now, that's another church. It's not here, obviously, right? Amen? Okay, just wanted to point that out. We hold to re religious traditions. We hold to certain practices, but the heart is not where it needs to be with our Lord and Savior. You see, in our world today, there's a lot of attention that's given to performance, that's given to the expectation of, of being perceived as righteousness, yet there's a lot of failing going on in the church today when it comes to honoring the Lord by living according to what the Scripture says. Does that make sense? Am I, am I making sense? You know, I got caught up, and I've shared this with you before. I got caught up in the first probably 20 years of my ministry. You know, there's a whole church growth strategy out there, church growth movement that's all about attraction, okay? It's all about being attractional. You know, we got to put on the best show. We got to we got to have the 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 best production. We got to have the best band. You know, we got to have the coolest buildings. You know, uh, we got to have you know smoke coming out on the stage, and you know the pastor needs to rise up out of the platform or something. I don't know. You know, you know we got to serve the best coffee, and we got to you know we got to put a Starbucks in our in in our in our church if we really want to be whatever. And, and the list goes on. And what we did was doing all this kind of stuff, and none of these things let me get me I mean maybe the pastor rising up from the stage that's not that's not cool but all the rest of the stuff none of it in itself was really bad I like a good cup of Starbucks coffee sometimes I you know uh, I you know I like my, I, I think we have a great band I think we have a great worship leader amen okay yeah I think we have an awesome facility. I mean, yesterday, the pastors that came in from the St. Louis area, they were just, I mean, taking pictures and all kinds of stuff. Sometimes I think we get, I think we get, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, we get, uh, man, I'm, what is that word where you just, you, you don't see what's around you because you're so used to it? Complacent. Complacent. I think, I think, I think we get, I think we get, we kind of just, we just take it, we just, Take it, take it for granted. That's it. Okay? See, you guys should have helped me write, write my sermon. But uh, what's around us, you know? And then when someone else comes in and says, wow, it's a reminder. Okay? I don't think all of that stuff's bad. Okay? But if being attractional and 
getting butts in seats, rear ends in seats. I'm sorry, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say, say butts. Um, backsides, whatever, okay? <laughs> My governing board's going to have a conversation with me later. I don't know. Anyway, I, 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 when that becomes more important than proclaiming Jesus Christ, when that becomes more important than making disciples, when that becomes more important than us loving as Christ has loved us, we've lost it, folks. We've lost it. We made a decision when I came here three years ago because I laid it out straight. We're not going to be an attractional church. We're going to be a disciple-making church. We're going to be a, a church that proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to be a church that says, living and loving like Jesus, that's what it's about. And by the way, we are going to have a cool building, and we are going to, save some, we are going to serve some good coffee, and, and we'll do all that other stuff too. But that's not the focus. You see, the Pharisees here, that was the focus. And Jesus is telling them, that's hypocrisy. Your focus is on the wrong things. In verses 10 through 13 of what I read here, uh, Jesus addresses another grievous error. Many committed all while seeking to justify it according to the faith. In fact, uh, in that culture and in most today, uh, one was expected to care for your parents, okay? You know, we don't see that so much here in the North America, but in just about every continent other than North America, it is expected that when your parents get older that you're going to take care of them. I have reminded my kids that uh, constantly, that when I get old, you are supposed to take care of me, okay? You're not going to stick me in some kind of hole. I'm going to come and I'm going to live with you, okay? And you're going to change my diapers just like I changed yours, all right? Am I wrong? Amen. All right. But what was happening here, what was happening is Jesus is reminding them of this commandment to honor your father and mother. And what the Jew, what the, what the Pharisees were doing and what the Jewish people were doing is they had devised a way to avoid their, their responsibility and to justify their neglect, okay? And so what they would do is when their parents would make a request of them, I had a conversation with one of my kids this week, and I, I told him point blank. I said, listen, whatever your mother asks you to do, do it. I don't care what it is. I, in my adult life, I have never said no to my mother. Partially because of my father, okay, but also because she's a woman that brought me into this world. She's the woman who, who fed me. Yeah, I know my dad took care of me too, but my, my, mommy, my mommy took care of me, okay? She fed me, okay? She took care of me. She changed some stuff and, and, and diapers and things. I mean, my mom would lay her life down for me at this very moment, all right? And so I don't ever say no to my mom. If my mom says something, says I ask me something, I say, yeah. Okay, all right? But see, what they were doing here is Jesus is telling them, you have, what, 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 they, what, they, what, what they were doing is that they had devised a plan that when their parents made a request from them, 
okay? What they would do in rebellion is they would declare that the funds that they had, they couldn't give them to their parents. You know why? Because they were Corbin. Okay? The reality of it is they weren't, okay? They weren't dedicated to God. They spent their money whatever they, on whatever they wanted to, but they would tell their parents, oh, I don't have money to give to you because it's dedicated. Can, can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Are you lying about your fun? I mean, these guys obviously did not know about Ananias and Sapphira. Okay? But that's what was happening here. And so Jesus, he challenges on them. He challenges on their, their neglect uh, of responsibility based on false pretenses and, and how they were bold enough to declare the money was reserved for the Lord and the reality of it wasn't. You see, that happens in the church today, okay? Now, folks may not tell their parents their money is reserved for the Lord, but I see it every single day how people seek to justify their actions through a mandate or an expectation of the church. And we have to be careful of that. You see, they were willing to neglect the needs of those closest to them in order to continue their efforts of self-righteousness. And that's what we're talking about here today. So let's bring some clarification from this scripture today. Verses 14 through 23. How are we doing? Okay. So summoning the crowd again, he told them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that goes into a person from outside can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. When, we, when he went into the house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, are you also as lacking in understanding? Don't you realize that nothing going into a person from the outside can defile him? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into the stomach and is eliminated. Thus he declared, all food is clean. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. From, for, from, for, um, too many F's, for, from, within, there we go. For, from, within, out of people's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, theft, murders, adultery, greed, evil actions, deceit, self-indulgence, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. All right? So Jesus begins with an admonition here in verse uh, 14 through 16. He calls them to listen closely and understand the truth that he has just shared. While the Pharisees worried so much about dirt and uncleanliness from without, what Jesus is doing is he's declaring those things cannot devile a person, okay? It isn't about what we take in by our mouths that defile us, but what comes out of our mouth and the actions of our lives that defile us. These are both prompted from within, and he's saying from the heart, all right? Our heart will dictate our words and our behaviors. It's one of those kind of messages... 
kind of hard to preach, you know. I, I'm not convinced. I'm not sure at the end of this service if all of you are going to come up and say, what a great message, or if you're all going to stomp out of here mad at me. But the thing I've told you about preaching through the Gospel of Mark is we're preaching through the Gospel of Mark, so whatever comes next comes next. We should be very worried about the condition of our hearts. We should be worried more about the condition of our hearts than the dirt and filth around us. Now, please, don't get me wrong on this again, okay? When you're serving food at church or prepping it to bring to the church, I want clean hands, all right? We are blessed by clean hands, all right? When it was just Jesus and the disciples, they asked for further clarification, and Jesus declared that those things consumed by us, those are not what defile us. They are taken in through the mouth, and soon they pass through the body. You see, the Pharisees had placed all of their efforts and concern on what was taken in, and they yet to fail, they failed to comprehend the condition of the heart. Jesus does not imply that we are to be foolish or careless with our eating habits. Improperly, improperly prepared food can make you sick, right? Amen. That's what I was just talking about a second ago. It can even cause death, okay? What he's doing is he's emphasizing a greater spiritual truth here. Rather than focusing solely on the physical aspects of life and making provision for those things alone, we need to ensure our hearts are healthy spiritually. Build up treasures for heaven. The earthly treasures, the earthly things, they will pass away. The reason we focus so much on emotionally healthy spirituality here is because healthy spirituality is what makes it possible for us to live and love like Jesus, like Jesus. So in verses 20 through 23, and I'm going to wrap this up, again, Jesus emphasizes the greater truth of that which comes out of the person is what defiles his words and his behavior, not that which is taken in through his mouth. He goes on and he provides that list. He gives us a list. He says evil thoughts, okay? This is the root of all that follows, quite honestly. When an evil heart conjures up evil intentions, the evil person will carry them out, all right? He's saying that. Adultery, okay? Illicit sexual activity by married persons. I don't have to go into the details of that, but you know what that is. Fornications, okay? The word translates from the Greek word, which is pornea, okay? And it refers to illicit sexual activity. And the origin of sexual sin is not in the body, but it's in the heart, okay? Do you understand that? He talks about murder, taking another person's life. By the way, you are guilty of murder if you have hatred in your heart. All right? John chapter 3, verse 15. Theft, taking that which belongs to another from your, for, for your own. Uh, 
This covers a lot of territory, okay? Uh, I could go all the way down to tithing on that, you know. Don't I want, I want, we'll go, just go read Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 and 9, okay? Covetness, okay? It's an insatiable craving for that which belongs to someone else, okay? Wickedness, you know? That word means malice. It refers to all the ways that evil thought manifests in a person's life. It, it's, it, it, it is deliberate acts of meanness, okay? And can I tell you, that doesn't start from what goes into your mouth. It starts here, all right? I have been in the church my whole life, and the saddest times of my life have been when I have seen Jesus' followers just spit out vile, venomous, words to one another if we are followers of Jesus Christ love should be first and everything after that don't get me wrong there are times when people just push me to the limits and I I want and I I have been guilty at times of letting things come out of my mouth that shouldn't have come out okay you know and, and then I have to go back and I apologize for them and I repent and you know but if we begin with love, if there's love in the heart, that filters a lot of that. Amen? Envy, jealousy, slander, pride, foolishness. We all would agree that such behaviors are much more defiling than just eating with unwashed hands. Amen? We've got to ensure our hearts are right with our Heavenly Father and that we are living according to His will and not our own. You see, the challenge in this passage today that Jesus was dealing with with the Pharisees is that their Lord and Savior was not at the center. He was not the driving force behind the actions of their life. They had built a religion around traditions, about actions, about functions, about activity, instead of building a faith around their Lord and Savior. You see, if they had built that around God the Father, they would have fully understood who Jesus Christ was and is. But instead, they had built walls around themselves and caused blinders to be upon their eyes and they weren't able to see who was standing in front of them. You see, the Pharisees spent much time on tradition and they spent little time on the condition of the heart. As a band is coming up to lead us in a closing song, I fear too often, and I want you to listen to this, I fear too often that we major on the minor things and neglect the greater aspects of our faith and service to our Lord and Savior. You see, the heart of one's problem is always a problem with the heart. We can put on a religious front we can honor the Lord with our lips and even pretend with our actions. 
but our hearts reveal the truth of the matter every time. Here at Lifebrook Church, and I, I, I hope that I have conveyed this, but we want to be a community that is transparent. We want to be a community that's authentic. I know that none of you are under the delusion that your pastor is perfect. You know I'm not. All right? I hope that I have been transparent in the flaws and the struggles that I have. But the reality of it is, is that we all need to be transparent because every single one of us in this room I want to someday see stand before the Lord and the Lord say well done good and faithful servant the Lord is not going to look down at you and say wow you were such a perfect person come on in wow you did everything right all the time come on in what he's going to look down on us and what is going to be the determining factor is that man you did the best you could to be obedient you did the best you could to serve and to be the disciple that I asked you to be. He's not concerned with our perfection. He's concerned with our obedience. He's concerned with the fact that when we fall, we get back up. When we do something wrong, and I do something wrong all the time, if you need any clarification, ask Marcy. We're willing to say I was wrong, I'm sorry, and keep going. Folks, the Pharisees here, they thought because all of their actions and because their activities looked good, that they were good. And there was a darkness in their heart. I don't care how flawed you look. My concern is whether the love of Jesus Christ is in your heart. There needs to be life and love from Christ in your heart today. And so I'm going to ask this question and then I'm going to pray. If you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you have not asked him into your heart, what's stopping you? Because if it's something like, well, you know, I got to fix a few things and I got to get a little bit better attitude and I got to, you know, I got to stop doing some things. You know, I still cuss when I hit my finger with a hammer. You know, uh, I still, still take a sip of something. I don't know what it is, but you know what I'm talking about. Listen, those kind of things, all that kind of stuff right there, all of the, all of the things that, listen, he'll work that out with you. Okay? You don't have to be whitewashed. You don't have to be cleansed to come to him. Okay? You come to him the way you are. And in his time working with you, he will cleanse, correct, straighten, change, whatever it is that he wants to change in you. And we here at Lifebrook Church, we will love on you, care for you, be patient share our own flaws with you so that you don't feel like you're the only one because you're not, okay? And walk alongside you. If you haven't made that commitment today, these altars are open. 
Your chair is a perfect spot. Anybody that wants to be prayed with, raise your hand. We'll pray with you. For the rest of you in this room, myself included, what's going on in your heart? Are you proclaiming Jesus Christ with your lips and your actions without focusing on your heart? If you are, today is the day to let him inside. Let him start transforming you from the inside so that you can be the disciple that he has called you to be. You see, it is about... clean hearts and clean hands not clean hands and a defiled heart Heavenly Father this morning I ask that you would just speak to us right now Lord whatever it is that you have to say to us Lord may our hearts and mind be open and may we be responsive to you Lord whatever we need Lord today I pray that we surrender to you so that you can take care of us. I pray this in your most precious name. Amen.